We are so excited that you're about to listen to the Cultivate OKC podcast. The podcast is a product of the Cultivate OKC Venture Accelerator. Our hope is that Oklahoma City will become famous for an atmosphere of flourishing. We believe in a courageous and connected movement of entrepreneurs leading redemptive ventures will play an outsized role in that story. Today's episode is a chapter in that story. Now let's jump in. Hey, world changers, this is Tracy Zerden with Cultivate OKC Venture Accelerator, and I'm so looking forward to you getting to hear our latest podcast. Um, My dear friend, Natanya Hernandez, stepped in while I was on vacation and recorded this next episode with the amazing Mark Nierens of OKC Good. And they will just blow your mind on how Mark is helping nonprofits share their stories effectively. And I have seen his work. It is beautiful. And I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to the Cultivate OKC podcast. We are so glad you're back to take another listen. Um, Just a refresher, Cultivate OKC is a venture accelerator. So our goal is that Oklahoma City will become famous for an atmosphere of flourishing, and we believe that entrepreneurs are the key to that. And so we are so excited to see more entrepreneurs lead redemptive ventures and have a goal of creating shalom and not building empires. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. And today I have my guest, Mr. Mark Narens, the founder of OKC Good. And Mark has founded, OKC Good was founded in 2013. So he's been at it for a, a long time and built it to what it's been today. So Mark, can you tell us just a little bit about you and your family and your wife, Laura, your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so my name's Mark Nairns. I'm from, from Oklahoma, pretty much. I grew up in Norman, lived there since I was two. Uh, yes, I'm married to my wife, Laura, and we have two daughters, a six-year-old and three-year-old. And um, I, I work from home. I'm talking to you now from my home office and the kids just got home from, from school downstairs. And uh, so I'm lucky to be able to do video production, which I'll get into here in a second, but to, to work from home and be able to get a lot of time with family. And Laura and I just celebrated 10 years of marriage uh, back in January. And so I can talk all day about family, but it's mm. we're in a really, really blessed place. And um, I love that I get to do what I love to do and do it from home in kind of a flexible, family-friendly schedule type of way. That's awesome. That's awesome. We love that. Um, so tell us something that made you smile this week, brought you joy. Yeah. And it is actually related to what I was just saying. So this past Friday, um, I went on a camping trip actually with Daniel Morris, who's also in our cultivate class. He (laughs) at our church organized a daddy daughter camping trip with a bunch of guys from our church. The church we go to is called Bridgeway. And um, it was just a bunch of dads and their girls, eight, eight dads, 10 or 11 girls. Really uh-huh. fun. We went up to Roman State Park. While we were there, uh, the girls were all running around and I let my daughter take my iPhone just to record um, some pictures and video. And I learned pretty quick, like, if I don't want my iPhone broken, 
And <laughs> this is going to be an issue. So uh, one of the other dads and daughters that was there had this little tiny digital camera that his daughter had, and he was telling me about it. Uh, and so long story short, it was only like $20, $25, and my daughter wanted one. She's six. So the day we got home from camping, she uh, got one, got money out of her piggy bank, bought, ordered one with her own money, and has just been running around all week with this tiny little camera taking pictures and videos and goofing off. And as someone who does that for a living, and I've taken her on video shoots, taken her, and yeah. she sees me running around with my camera all the time. It's been really cool to see her already at six. Just So that's what's made me smile, see her being able to creatively um, – take pictures and come show us and it's goofy, but like, I don't think I got to do something like that till I got into it when I was in high school. So it's just been neat to see her creativity as she's running around with the camera. So that's what's made me smile. Seeing a little sidekick already running around with her own camera. That's so cool. That was something I, I was meaning to ask you if, cause you know, you've been doing this videography for before they were born. And so that's mm -hmm. everything they've seen to you do and so I was wondering if that was something that they had taken up as well kind of a a side hustle that they might want in the future someday yes yeah, so <laughs> who's who's six I took her a number of years ago to a I was shooting an event at a community center in a church it was just like a community thing with bouncy houses and mm -hmm. all the fun games carnival type stuff and I was doing a video there and that was the first like take your kid to work thing I ever did and so then every time for a while after that, when I go to do a video shoot, she, she thought what I did was go shoot things with bouncy houses. She's like, oh, is there <laughs> going to be a slide there? Is there going to be hot dogs? And she's like, dad's job is to go shoot people at parties. With, at <laughs> Having <churches>. fun. <laughs> so like, that's, that's not so actually everything I shoot. But. <laughs> it's part, part of it. That's so funny. Well, speaking of which, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about OKC Good. Uh, what you do, and more importantly, why you do it. Absolutely. Um, okay, so on the face, now that I've gone through Cultivate, I have a three-minute pitch that's like in my head. <laughs> but, uh, so OKSIG is a nonprofit organization that does video production for other nonprofits. And um, essentially what that looks like is that right now it's just me. I'm the only employee. And I started it nine years ago. And I can get into the kind of history of that if we have time. But where it's at now is that um, a lot of nonprofits have, they understand how important video storytelling is, but they might not have the largest budgets or, or they do know they want to pay for it, but they know they only have this set amount. And it can be questionable what kind of quality they could get for that amount or who they could find, who'd be willing to, who's reliable, et cetera. So I started the organization um, out of a desire to help share the stories of the good things happening out of the nonprofit sector in Oklahoma city and kind of what it's evolved into is just working with a, a lot of a couple dozen nonprofit clients a year, helping do video production for them at a whole different range of costs, but kind of what fits within their specific budgetary needs. There's, there's more to it than that. There's other things, part of what I do, but the, the heart behind it is I truly believe that there shouldn't be, stories in the nonprofit world about people being impacted by their work that aren't told because of budgetary restrictions and expenses. And right. my background is in video. I went to school, studied journalism and have been doing video production since I was in high school, but have really never done anything else as a, 
as a profession. And so I love doing it. I love interviewing people on video and um, gosh, yeah, you all never shut up about it. If she get me started talking about it, but I love, <laughs> I love being able to help share people's stories in that way. And it's been a blessing to be trusted by a lot of people over the last number of years to do that for them. No, that's awesome. And it's, it's something where, which you've talked about this before with nonprofits, their, their whole thing is their story. And so if they can't tell their story, then they can't do what they believe they're, they need to do. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely, how did, tell, tell us a little bit about the history about yeah. how it, how it started, why. Absolutely. And this is, I love doing this because I can't get into it in a quick explanation, but podcasts <laughs> are longer. Um, I have always, so when I was about 14, I went to Norman High School, public school. My dad's a pastor. I grew up in the church. He's still a pastor at the church, Trinity Lutheran Church in Norman. And uh, I grew up in the church and um, got to go on some mission trips and worked at a summer camp and kind of was in that uh way of life. And then in high school, we had a a history project for our U.S. history class that was like a history competition, do some sort of thing about uh, capturing something in U.S. history. So I ended up in a group of friends and not on my choice, but the the guy in the group had a Mac computer and back in 2002, 2003, and he knew how to do videos. And I thought that was so cool. And so we ended up making a documentary about the draft in World War II. And uh, at my dad's church, we had a number of veterans who had been drafted and served in World War II. And so I um, interviewed them. I set up the interviews with the guys, went, took the camera, and I'd never really used a camera before or done video editing. And honestly, I, I think I was 14, 15, got hooked on it right then and learned, taught myself to edit video in my friend Bob's basement on his laptop. I'd even go over there when he wasn't home. They just let me in and I'd go (laughs) sit at his computer and and put this video together. Um, So it ended up winning the best in the state for this competition. We got to take it to Washington, D.C. for this. And I was just, it was so cool because it's the first video I'd ever worked on. And it was kind of like History Channel-esque interviews about World War II. And I just found it really fun to put together. And I guess I just got the bug from then on out. So then fast forward. when I went to OU, I studied journalism and written journalism. So I write stories, wrote for the newspaper, but I always had this, I knew how to do video production. And so I um, did that a lot and incorporated that into classes when I could. So when I was about to graduate uh, college, I got an opportunity to go to leave the country for the first time. I never left the U.S. And I went on a mission trip with a group called Maisha. To Kenya, a long story about um, a woman named Beatrice here in Oklahoma City who started a project in Kenya in the village where she grew up that supports a lot of different children. So I went on the first trip she took, took my cameras, took a hundred hours of tapes, physical tapes. I was like, I'm going to go make a documentary about this project you're doing in Kenya and um, got to go for two weeks. And I, again, caught the bug of helping document ministries and missions groups tell their story there's much more to it than that. And, um, I learned a lot about huge ambitions of making a documentary and then just recording everything I see for two weeks and how impossible that is to boil that down to anything meaningful. But, um, 
Fast forward over a couple of years, I went back there and to numerous other countries in Southern Africa many times to do videos for different organizations. Studied abroad in South Africa. And when I was there, um, I met a bunch of South Africans who were doing missions work all over Africa. And I just tagged along on some of their trips as the free video guy. They were like, here's this American guy with a camera that wants to help make videos. So I did that two or three different years. And then uh, fast forward a little, little further to about 2011, 2012, I went back to get my master's at OU. And I applied for what's called a Fulbright grant, which was a grant from the State Department where I, I said, I have this idea to go to South Africa for a year and make videos, little short documentaries about these six or seven different nonprofits that I knew about from when I'd studied there. And I got it. I got the grant and I got to go live in Pretoria, South Africa for about a year. And I'm telling you all of this because it leads directly into how I started OKC Good. And then came back, got engaged to Laura and um, was doing my master's. And I had this uh, option of either writing like a master's thesis, a paper, or doing a project where you actually produce something. And I said, I want to start this organization. Can that be my master's project? And I convinced my professors to let me do it. And so I had seen kind of all the different ways these ministries interacted in Pretoria, South Africa, and then settling back down Oklahoma City, I was starting to see all these different great things happening. And I guess just my heart and calling, I was like, Does, do people know? Do people know about what's happening? And when I started realizing some of them don't, how can I help people know? Make videos for them. And so the idea, the root of OKC Good came out of that experience in South Africa of knowing how all the organizations were tied together and working. And then I thought, what if I could start something like that here? So hmm. I started pursuing that and actually got like master's degree credit in 2012, 2013, which is the early steps of what launched, what launched, what I do with OKC Good. So that's the, that is the full story. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Because it really is, you know, telling that connection of, again, why they're even there. It's just, it, it makes, it makes a huge difference for them to have, have a resource that they can pull on. And now in a technology age, that's so important to be able to be able to put that out. So that's awesome. We yeah. love that. And I've learned that most organizations have many more than one story to tell. There's there's yeah. one story about this is what we do, this is why we do it, but mm -hmm. their impact on people, they have infinite. I tell people all the time that they're sitting on like a well of stories and it's it's more like, what would you like to share? Who would like to share it? And there's yeah. infinite potential. Yeah, well, it's so interesting too because entrepreneurs, they only go out to start things if they have an overflow of something that they're not able to put into what they're already doing. And so they're going to go start things that they're passionate about, but if they're not able to tell people why they're, what they're passionate about, then it stays where it's at. And so it, yeah. it, it makes a huge difference for entrepreneurs to be able to say, yeah, this is why I did it. And even, explore why why you did you why they did it and have the opportunity to get that caught on camera too because as i'm sure you you've realized during these last well close to 16 weeks now that it's nailing down what you have to say and i'm sure in front of a camera too when oh, yeah. nonprofits have to say well what are we about you know you have to sit down and think through it so it's an it is an important thing so yes and then 
and what's funny about the whole cultivate process and editing editing our pitches down to three minutes, my day in and day out work almost every day is editing what other people say down into something like three minutes. Yeah. Like I do that all the time, but it was really <laughs> hard for me to do it for myself <laughs> getting up in, in person to say it. So it's been a great, uh, ex- great exercise. Good. We want to take a quick moment to thank our partners, Praxis Labs out of New York and Flourish OKC. Praxis is a creative engine for redemptive entrepreneurship supporting founders, funders, and innovators motivated by their faith to love their neighbors and to renew culture. Flourish OKC is a collection of experiences, storytelling, and educational exchanges that explore value they want to see cultivated in Oklahoma City, including education, restorative justice, and resettling refugees. Cultivate OKC would not exist without our amazing partners, and we thank them. Now let's jump back into the podcast. Good. Well, then that segues directly into my next question is, up to this point, we have a week left. We have our showcase next week. So tell us a little bit about the experience that you uh, have had personally and professionally through OKC Good with Cultivate. Yeah, um, it has been fantastic. I know some of the other people in our cohort, maybe they have businesses or they're trying to get funding for their business. And mine, I felt a little bit of like an outsider when I started because I'm like, I've got a nonprofit that I've been running for almost a decade, but it's just me. And I'm trying to figure out how to make it be more than just me. But how do I, how do I even explain that to people? And what am I going to put in a pitch? Because I, what do I even need? So if you talk to me the first day, like, I can, like I said, I can talk about it forever and I'm full of enthusiasm and passion, <laughs> but what Cultivate has helped me do is really drill down and get into the specifics of what my passion and calling and skill sets are and what the opportunities are. And some of the biggest kind of aha moments and takeaways have just been getting rid of like hesitation and fear and just realizing the opportunities God's put out there and like taking the time to just think through how to go for it. Mm. And I get very, very busy in what I'm doing, spinning my wheels and sometimes have 10 projects stacked on top of each other. And so being able to take the time to focus and be like, if I don't want to be buried under projects for the rest of my career, having the time to focus and think through the ideas has been invaluable. Not even to mention how transformative the idea of the redemption redemptive entrepreneurship and redemptive nonprofit has been. Mm. Um, I, it's unfortunately hard for me to even put it into words, but the idea of the potential in continuing to do what I do and helping nonprofits share their stories, which I feel like in itself is a, can be a redemptive work and helping get that out there. But the potential in building something that could bring along others with me and provide for them and give them meaningful work and train them for, future skills, whether that be with me or elsewhere. Uh, I just, I started to get really excited about it because there's so much that I've been learning in this process. So, Yeah, for sure. Well, and you think nonprofit, you automatically go to, oh, they're doing good work, right? But in your case, within the processes of how do I make this expand and go beyond just me, that's kind of what 
based on what you said, you've had to kind of sit back and look at of like, okay, but how do I make the process good work? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's almost like a dual thing. It's how, how can I continue to do this, which I already believe is my calling and is good work, but to, to honestly not be selfish and keep it to myself forever, not just mm. be, you know, if something happens to me, does the whole mission and output of OKC good go away because it was all on my shoulders the whole time. And I'm realizing like, I, I hope I get to do it the rest of my life, but there's no reason I shouldn't be expanding. Uh, not because I just want to, you know, make it bigger, make it bigger, but more just seeing that there's opportunity to spread the, I love my job. I think I have one of the greatest jobs out there and I'm like, I need to share the things I get to see and help share with other people who have that same passion. And what I'm trying to get at is because of Cultivate, I've started to, in real time, have those conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Even just this week, other potential partners, whether they ever work for me or whether I just collaborate with them, I'm starting to see the, if my calling level one is to be the guy who shoots and edits people's stories, I'm starting to see the level two of like, mm-hmm connecting people who want to do the same and giving opportunities at the at the same time so no that's awesome because I think what you just said of like you know if I was gone but it's something that you believe is important and we see as important too and it's it's helping and it's making making a difference but sharing it is is gonna make an even bigger difference it just makes the ripples so that's yeah that's awesome yeah and I've, I've found over the years that i've really learned how to edit someone's stories just like second nature i've done it for thousands and thousands of well minutes of video at least and hours of work so i'm realizing like okay i actually have something to teach here hmm. if i'm teaching someone how the process of quickly editing someone's story into something manageable um I realize how how many times I've done it. Like I could actually, this is something that someone coming into this would not know quickly is how you can do this. So, right, right, and just kind of make it make it rec- replicable, so yeah. that so that you can continue to do it and not mm-hmm. have piled on and be able yes. to devote more to what what you have to do. Yeah, and I see that a lot in, in video production. I've had numerous friends who started companies and they do it for a while and then they go on to something else. Like it's an easy type of job to get burned out in because you're always under the clock. You're always like, you can edit forever, but then you hit a deadline. And, um, so I don't want to burn out. So, so I'm trying to figure out how to, how to stop that from happening. No, that's, (laughs) that's, that's the point. I think that's awesome. (laughs) Cause I mean, I will look at a picture I took until I hate it. So I'm assuming you could do the same thing with video and just keep going. And it's a, it's an endless cycle, but it's, it's important to find the balance. Yeah. So, um, well, why don't you leave our listeners with a last, a last hurrah, something encouraging, maybe some advice, something that you, if you had a microphone to the whole world, what would you say? (laughs) Um, I think, I'll say first on the, in the nonprofit world, if there's anyone listening that that's relevant to, because that's who I'm talking to a lot, is I just want to encourage people in the work that they do to always have a mind towards documenting what they do. 
here in 2022, like it's really incredible the quality people can get just from their iPhones of pictures and video and audio. And uh, I would just say your story, what your organization does is important. And so many times I'm, I'm editing something for an organization and I ask if they have any photos or videos that they've taken, you know, years before they met me, because those things are useful to help tell their story. And so I'd say, don't feel like in a nonprofit that you have to uh, be a professional to start documenting what you're doing over time. Anyone can do it. And I would say it's important, important to, about sharing what you do. And that, but this is specifically talking to nonprofits. But then I think broader than that, just as people, um, I would just say, know that your story is important and that God's put you here for a reason and called you to do what you do. And um, so I, I'm an encourager. I encourage people all the time that what they do is important. But I also think I've learned in this cultivate process that having people you can talk to and reflect to who know you about what you do and what your story is can be really helpful too to help you clarify, you know, what you've been what you've been called to do. A side note, I felt really blessed in the cultivate because I have known a lot of the leadership team and it's been really great for them to reflect back to me and help me talk through some of what I've been doing over the last almost decade. It's been super, super helpful. Um, and so, so the last thing I would say is just also um, documenting your family's history is something that I think I'm not sure if many people do it these days, whether that's reporting your parents, your grandparents, but I think it can be a really helpful thing for people's, no matter what they do, to know where they came from and help what helped them get there. Uh, I would just say do it. Don't, don't hesitate or don't make excuses. Just like sit down and, and document the things that are important to you. I feel like I probably do have more to say other than just documenting stuff, but that's a lot of what my world is right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the lens through which you see your life. Yeah, yep. <laughs> which is why I told you it was fun to see my daughter running exactly. around with a camera. So. No, that's awesome. I think we we all do that. Sometimes there's kind of like a, oh, I don't want to be the one taking all the pictures or being people's face. But at the end of the day, nobody hates the person that sends them pictures. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone's yeah. like, oh, I'm so glad you took that and I have this. So it's a good, it's a good reminder to soak it in and, and be there too and be able to have it for forever too. Yeah. And I think it, it's helped me look back and you, whether it's pictures, whether it's, or honestly, this could apply to journaling or anything too. It helps you look back and see what God's done in your life mm -hmm. over, over time. It, it's it snaps a moment in time and wherever you were there, it helps you in the future. See like how you're growing and changing. Um, so yeah, say so take advantage of the opportunities and resources we have in front of us to do that in, in the world right now. So. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you for joining us today. And we are so looking forward to the showcase next week and just getting the community together. Um, if you are a listener, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, our applications for the next cohort are now open and they're going to be open through May 31st. And so head on over to our website, cultivate.city and fill out an interest form and we'll send out an application right over. So. We are Cultivate Oklahoma City, and we are so excited 
to continue bringing entrepreneurs together and um, just creating a community that loves to see everybody flourish. And so thank you for joining us. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Cultivate OKC podcast. We are committed to helping everyone in OKC flourish, not just the privileged, connected, or credentialed, but everyone. That is why we exist, to nurture and multiply that movement. If you're an entrepreneur of a nonprofit or a for-profit and would like to learn more about the Cultivate Venture Accelerator, go to www.cultivate.city for more information. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode of Cultivate OKC.